Welcome to The Home Building Hero, where we help you become the hero of your new home by providing you all the information that you need. No matter if you're an industry pro, you're building, or you're buying, we got you covered here at The Home Building Hero. We're coming to you live today from the LP Studios here in Wisconsin. I'm your host, David Bellman, president of Bellman Homes. Thank you for tuning in today. Today's topic, six safeguards preventing a housing collapse. All right, guys, you've probably seen some of the negative headlines about housing lately. It's certainly understandable when we've seen the interest rates climb so rapidly over the summer here and into the fall. I mean, think about it. We went from, you know, 3.3% rates to 6, 7% uh, seemingly over the summer. And that has certainly cooled down the housing market. It's certainly cooled down new home construction. But we are in a very, very different position than we were back in the housing bubble of 2006 to 2000. And boy, it it went on for a while, right? I mean, it was almost to 2012 before things started to really come around a little bit. But, you know, 2007 to 2012 was was a pretty uh, bad point in housing. But we are in a very, very different position this time. And so I believe that although we will probably have and we are in a recession for housing, okay, I said it, it's out there. It's true. Uh, But I think we're in a very, very different position. And I don't believe that we're going to see a very severe drop in housing. That's provided, of course, that interest rates don't continue to go uh, past the 8% mark. If they start to go past the 8% mark, you know, that is all in interest rate inflicted at that point. Uh, but assuming the rates kind of stay 7 to 8% and don't go above that, we have a lot of safeguards to protect the housing market and it's still going to be a very, very good investment. So let's begin. What are the six safeguards preventing housing collapse? <clears throat> First of all, number one is we have a lot higher level of mortgage security than we did in the past and safeguards for mortgages than we did in the past. So part of the reason we got into the big housing bubble and why it was a bubble back in uh, you know, 2007-ish time was that we were approving mortgages that were just crazy. I mean, we had 100%, 110% mortgages, 120% mortgages, people had no money down and they were getting financing. These were people that were very marginal home buyers that got loans. And of course, when the economics change even a little bit, uh, those things <laughs> are the first ones to default, right? So we had this huge rush of foreclosures, which then even further sunk the values of homes. And you know, a lot of people that were buying homes that shouldn't have been. Um, so you have you have that as one of the first things, right? You have a lot, a lot more safeguards now. I mean, you, you didn't have the restrictions on the appraisals like you do now. You had these huge 100% loans. Um, it, it was just a bad situation. It was uh, definitely buying business for the future. And, you know, you look at how, um, you know, banks are much more conservative as far as how much money they're going to lend. Um, you know, obviously the appraisals are a big part of that. Um, you have to have more money down now. Um, you know, you had these sub credit 
buyers buying things, uh, that they've kind of eliminated a lot of that stuff. So that is probably one of the biggest things. And that's why there hasn't been a rush of foreclosures this year and not likely to see a big wave of them because there are way more safeguards on mortgages now than there ever have been. The second safeguard preventing a housing collapse is that we still have very low inventory on the market. I mean, it's still well below a healthy level. And that's likely to continue for a while. And, you know, we're still like in my market in the three, three and a half month range. I've seen different figures. Uh, We are supposed to be at about a six month inventory level for uh, housing. And and we're in this three to four percent range or three to four month range, not percent, sorry. Uh, So, you know, you look at that and, and that's that's a good sign because that means there just isn't enough product out there. We might actually have more sales had we have more product out there. So that lower inventory is going to prevent pricing from really bottoming out because there just isn't enough product out there. So, you know, while people are saying, well, it's a buyer's market, it's a buyer's market, uh, it's a buyer's market in certain segments. So if you have a home that I would consider more affordable in your market. Like in my market, anything like 350 and under is still a very affordable home in our market. There's still going to be demand. Those are going to sell. Um, they may not sell for over asking. They may sell for even slightly under asking, but they're not going to crater in value because there just isn't enough of them. There isn't enough supply. Now the higher end stuff, um, you know, in fact, right now what we're seeing is the midpoint stuff. So the or the mid to upper point, you know, are let's say 550 to 800 range of homes. That's pretty soft right now. There just isn't a lot of buyers for that. But then the really high end homes, the one point, you know, whatever million dollar homes, those things are still selling very quickly because there are people out there that have the cash. They want these nicer properties and those are selling very well. So that leads me to believe that the low inventory and the low supply is definitely going to prevent uh, the housing collapse because there just isn't enough product out there. And more on that in a little bit because there's another thing factoring into that. But the third safeguard preventing a housing collapse is the amount of equity and the housing values that are out there on the market. Now, this is really great for anybody that has owned a home. If you've owned a home for more than even two years, you have made some serious money on your home. And while the value may have dropped slightly, it is still way higher. It's like buying Microsoft in the 80s or Apple um, in in the early 90s. Like, it didn't matter kind of when you bought it. If you look at the value of it now, it's so much higher. And that's the same with houses. It's kind of like, you bought it so low, there's no way, even if the market collapses, that it's going to go below that. Now, now, granted, if you bought it a year ago, potentially, uh, you, you know, your value could go under what you bought it at because you might have overpaid. But I mean, if you've been in a home for five years, seven years, 10 years, 20 years, it's worth a tremendous amount more. So you have a lot of equity, you have a lot of built up value. That's going to prevent the housing collapse because a, if if rates do go up and people, you know, have a little bit more trouble making a payment, you know, you can, you can still refinance. Um, you can, you know, use some of that equity. You know, you can always pull some of that equity out of your house, increase your mortgage, 
um, and, and use that cash to to pay pay your mortgage for a while. Um, so you have some built-in safeguards there. And in addition, that also prevents the foreclosures because and you have all this equity in your home, um, you know, you're a lot more safeguarded because it's not like you're having trouble making payments and there's no value in this property. You know, the bank's going to basically take it back and you have nothing. Here you have some equity, you have money saved up. And for most people, they're going to be in a very good equity position moving forward. So the equity is going to prevent the foreclosures. It also, um, even if, again, prices go down a little bit, you still have, you know, basically more value um, out there that that you can give up. So, you know, you have all this money built into this home. Um, you'd say you bought your house for 200 and now it's worth 400 Well, even if the market goes down tremendously and it's only worth, you know, 320 well, you're still up 120 grand. So most people have, you know, easily 50 to 100, sometimes even $200,000 in value equity into their homes right now. And that's a good thing. That means that that's really going to prevent any kind of collapse in the housing. The fourth safeguard preventing a housing collapse is the level of production for new homes. Back in 2006, I mean, we were producing like 1.5 million homes, almost 1.6 million homes a year as a nation. Because that recession was so deep and so difficult, we lost half our workforce. So where are we today? Well, at max, we could probably produce about 1.1 million homes per year. That was still not enough to replace the homes that were being destroyed. It was not enough to replace the growing population for homes. We probably needed to be producing about 1.2 million homes per year to even be making a dent in that. And we weren't. We were producing slightly over a million. Okay. And now, based on what I'm hearing in the projections, this year we're probably going to produce about 800,000 homes. So now we're going to have, again, a deficit in homes on the market. And we just keep falling further behind. So what does that mean? Well, when we're not even producing enough to keep up with demand, that means that when we get out of this interest rate hike, which will not last forever, the value of homes is going to spike again. It's going to shoot right back up. So it's temporarily depressed. But as soon as that kind of artificial pressure of these interest rates normalizes, we're going to have a deficit of homes, which means the value is going to shoot back up because there's still not enough out there. That kind of jumps back to the low inventory level. These are tied together. And we're just not going to fulfill that. And the other issue is if we do go into a more prolonged housing recession, which I don't think we will, but if we were to, again, we're going to probably lose some workforce again, and then it's going to be even harder to produce even a million homes a year. So we have to watch that. We got to make sure this recession doesn't last very long because if it does, um, if you think, <laughs> let's just put it this way. If you think housing values got high now, just wait till interest rates you know, go back down a bit and production resumes. There's just not, we're not going to hit that level that we need. So the limited production of homes is definitely you know, protecting against a housing collapse. And, you know, even even if we continued that million 
homes per year, which we're clearly not, um, even if we continued that, we'd still be kind of below the number that we need to create. So that limited production is is going to really save the housing market. Um, and and we, we are in a very different situation in 2006 when, again, we were geared up to produce, you know, over 1.5 million homes. And then we started producing less than a million. Um, you know, not only did we lose that labor force permanently, but, um, you know, it, it it was prime for for that, right? We had this thing, this machine just cooking. And right now we don't even have the machine all the way fully operational yet. So that is definitely going to protect now that we're in a lower production where we're able to actually, you know, continue building homes uh, at a steady rate. And we should arguably build more homes um, just to keep fulfilling the pipeline for the future. All right, the fifth safeguard preventing a housing collapse is the demographics are very different. So back again in, in the last housing bubble in the 2007 era, the main home buyers out there were, guess what? Gen X. Gen X were supposed to be the ones out buying homes, but that population was one of the smallest in United States history. So there was no way that the Gen X were going to save the housing market because there just weren't enough of them. We didn't have enough people out there to go buy anything. You know, and of course the boomers were kind of in mid-cycle of their home. They weren't at the age where they needed to sell yet. Um, so they were just going to sit on their homes and the millennials were too young yet to buy. So we were naturally in kind of a downturn there. But now we're in a very different position because we have one of the largest population segments in a very long time, the millennials, in their prime home buying phase. And they're out there trying to buy houses right now and they're not finding what they need. And there's a demand out there. That's why the inventory is low. The demand is still high because we have a lot of potential home buyers out there that are on the sidelines now, either because of higher rates or just lack of inventory. So the demographics are quite different. Now, the other demographic that's different is your boomers are, you know, another, you know, decade and a half older, uh, maybe two decades older. And now they're in these nicer homes, these bigger homes, and they're not going to be able to stay in these much longer. They're downsizing. They're moving into condos. They have to sell. And if they, despite their best efforts, try and stay in some of these homes, many of them are not going to be able to. They're not going to be able to live in these homes much longer. Um, they are going to have to either remodel and age in place, which some of them will do. There's a percentage that will do that. But there's others that are just going to simply have to sell and move into you know, a condo, move into an apartment, move into assisted living, um, or just, you know, maybe they have two homes, you know, they've got their, their snowbirds and they've got their, you know, winter home and their summer home. They're going to likely get rid of one of those. Uh, maybe their, their winter home, or I mean, not their winter home, but their summer home and then move to their winter home permanently. Uh, so there's a lot of demographics at play that are going to help buoy up and, and protect the housing market. And then the sixth and last safeguard preventing a housing collapse is jobs and wages. That is one of the reasons why the market is still decent and why, you know, there's argument over whether we're in a recession or not. All the other factors point to a recession except for jobs and wages. Jobs, everywhere you look, there's people still hiring. Unemployment is still very low. And wages continue to grow at, a, at about 5%. Now, wages are not growing nearly as fast as the cost of goods 
um, and the cost of housing. But that is still a very strong point. The job market is still good. Wages are still good. We don't have enough people um, to fulfill all the positions that are out there. And so we're seeing wage growth. And that's a good thing because if people's wages are growing and they're staying in their home, they should be able to easily afford to live in their home. Um, Granted, wages are not growing as fast as inflation, uh, probably about half that level. And so, you know, you might have some people starting to get um, financially stressed, get into trouble. But again, the equity in their home is saving them. Um, You know, obviously they can make lifestyle changes and choices, or they can also very easily switch jobs or add a second job uh, because there's just so much demand out there for for workers. So uh, I think people can uh, divert some of these challenges of inflation away. Maybe they do. Maybe they take a job on the weekend and pick up another eight hours or they um, switch jobs and, and get a slightly higher paying job. Um, or, you know, maybe you know, you've got a husband and wife and maybe the wife works part-time. Maybe, you know, they make the decision to go to full-time for her, pick up that second job to pick up those hours and, you know, get get at least a little bit of extra cash coming into the household to stem uh, the inflation that's out there because there certainly is plenty of opportunity for that. And then you've got that whole digital uh, space that's out there as well. So you got a lot of people, you know, that are working from home and you know they can do some of these digital jobs like they can be Uber um, or DoorDash or you know pick up a, a side hustle uh, working from home. There's a lot of other opportunities where you don't have, have to physically leave your home. Um, you can do this work at night or on the weekends and pick up a little bit of extra cash to you know make ends meet. So a lot of different safeguards there. Once again, you've got. The, the extra mortgage security safeguards, you've got low inventory, you have high uh, amount of equity in the homes, you have a very limited amount of production on the new homes and a cap on production. Um, you have a demographic, a large demographic of home buyers that are out there, and then you have a good job and wage situation. So plenty of safeguards there to protect housing, and we are definitely not going to see a collapse like we did in 2007. Once again, thank you for tuning in to The Home Building Hero, broadcasting live from the Bellman Home Studio. If you haven't already, please make sure to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any future content. Until next time, I'm David Bellman, signing off.